Okay, so this is the Friday Morning Leaders Call, and it is January 11th already, 2019. Can you believe that? And today we're going to talk about two important team members. So we're, the one team member is the catalyst, so C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, catalyst, and the other is the weak link, okay, the catalyst and the weak link. And it's really important to understand who the catalysts and the weak links are on your team. There's different ways to work with them, uh, to mentor them, to um, really grow them, um, and then, of course, to decide what you're going to do with them in the future. So, I, of course, I've got a ton of information I can give you on each one of these, but I'm really just going to give you enough to uh, kind of chew on a little bit today. and then. Um, as I'm giving out the homework, I'm going to give you some questions that you can ask yourself about each of your main team members to figure out if they're a catalyst or a weak link, okay? Um, so let's just jump right in to catalyst. So these are the people. A catalyst is um, really from, I believe it's from like a, a, a chemical standpoint where it means um, something is added to a mixture, and it makes the mixture kind of have a reaction, okay? Um, but catalysts are really winning teams, uh, players on your team who make things happen, okay? So if you think about sports teams, um, they're the ones who are always like, hey, give me the ball. Put me in when the pressure is on. I want to make sure I, I'm in there right? They love to play under pressure. Winning teams always have a catalyst because these these players, and they may or may not be in a leadership position, um, they make others better than they are by themselves, okay? So, so as I'm going through, if you're noticing, oh, yeah, that really describes so-and-so on my team, write that down, okay? You might even have two columns on your paper, one for catalyst, one for weak link, and just start putting people in each category that you think. Um, so your catalyst makes other people better, and they're what I call your get-it-done-and-then-some people. Right? They kind of go uh, above and beyond. They under-promise and always over-deliver. Uh, you might ask them uh, to do a certain job, and they come back, and they've done it way more than you thought that they would. Okay? So that is what a catalyst is. Now, let me clarify that they're on any given team, there are three kinds of players. So it doesn't matter who's on your team, they fit into one of these three categories, okay? So the first one is people who don't want the ball, okay? So if you think about that sports analogy, they don't want pressure, they're not good with stress. Um, think about these people as if something is happening, like um, let's say, for example, I know there's a lot of educators on the line. Let's say as an administrator, um, something happens right now, I know that of several places that they're dealing with illness. 
um, there's a, a stomach bug that's going around our area right now. Um, so let's say you come into work and you find that three of your teachers are out sick. There's absolutely no way that they can come in. Um, the person who doesn't want the ball is going to be the one that you call and you say, hey, man, can you, can you come in? Can you fill in for a couple hours? And they're, they give you all the excuses in the book. Okay? Um, they don't do well with, with pressure. Now, they may not necessarily be a weak link, which we'll talk a little bit about later. They could be. Um, they could be maybe one of those personalities that struggles with change, okay? These people, we really want them to um, play to their strengths. So what does that mean? That means people who are um, poor under pressure, we want to find their strengths. What are they good at? What comes easy to them? And make sure that the majority of the time that they are working, that is what they're doing. Okay, so for example, um, I have um, a technology company I'm working with right now. And in the sales department, they have uh, several people who are very people-oriented. Um, the task-oriented side in them is really just not prevalent, okay? So when it comes down to getting the work done, they struggle. So it's not that they don't want to help. It's just that when it's time to put in sales reports and paperwork, it's not in their strength zone. So we're kind of working with that group to, to decide how are they going to make sure that the people who are task-oriented are doing that job um, so that they don't have to uh, kind of rely on people who, you know, are not good under that kind of pressure. Now, we can flip that on its head, too, because the task-oriented folks in that division in sales need to learn a little bit more about how to be people-oriented. So when they go out on a sales call and they're talking to people, you know, same thing applies. Are they good under pressure? Okay? So, again, they may or may not be weak links, but it might just be that they're not working in their strength zone. Okay? The second kind of player um, are people who want the ball but should not have it. So these are folks who, let me just say in the easiest way possible, their ego gets in the way. Okay? They are kind of dangerous. Um, they think they know everything, um, and they may even have some sort of uh, data to say that they know something, right? So, for example, uh, maybe somebody on your team um, just recently received a new certification or accreditation or um, certificate or something like that, and all of a sudden they feel like they're the expert in this area, and uh, they kind of treat everybody as if they don't know, okay? These folks, you want to direct them intentionally. So you want to be aware that, you know, they're just they're having a character issue at the moment and mentor them if possible. Try to kind of what I call funnel them in the correct way 
And if they are not coachable, unfortunately, these folks need to need to go, okay, because it doesn't matter how much they know or how much experience they have, if their character is flawed and they're not aware enough to know this, they're going to do more damage to your team than not, okay? Um, so the third characteristic is really considered your catalyst. So people who want the ball and should have it, right? Um, it's really a small population of people. They're really, again, your go-to player. And they're able to get other people moving with them because of their influence, not necessarily their position, okay? So they know something. They've experienced something. They may even be considered a subject matter expert. Um, but the key here is that they have influence. So in that, in the first category of people who don't want the ball, they don't like pressure or stress, typically these folks are newer in the field. Uh, people who want the ball but shouldn't have the ball, they might know something and they might have experience, but they don't have the influence. Okay? Your catalyst is somebody on a whole nother level. All right, so I'm going to quickly go through four characteristics of a catalyst just so that you can identify them on your team. There's actually more characteristics, but I'm only going to go through these four, okay? So as I go through them, again, be thinking, you know, who on my team might be a catalyst? So the first thing is that catalysts will say things that others won't say in order to get the team moving, Okay. Um, so this can be, you know, inspirational or just encouragement, right? It can look very positive. So maybe you're in a staff meeting and um, you're talking about a new change, right? And the catalyst might be the one to say, come on, guys, we can do this. I know we can do this, right? It can also look like maybe a quote-unquote negative way. So they can, what I call, incite others to move. So sometimes, and I was actually just working with a group this week, um, where there was a, um, a player in, in this larger team, and, man, she was loud. She was somewhat abrasive in her talk, um, but she got the team moving. So don't necessarily look at the behavior, what it looks like. Look at the result of what's happening. Is this person's behavior um, getting people to change in the right way? If so, they're a catalyst. Okay? Catalysts also feel things that other people don't feel. So this is really talking about passion. Uh, they have a contagious enthusiasm. Uh, but sometimes this passion looks like what I call controlled fury, okay? Um, so when they see that something is uh, wrong, especially if there's some sort of injustice uh, with the, either the people on the team, the, your customers or clients or, or the people that you're serving, um, they're going to let you know it, Okay. They're not going to be the people who kind of, you know, are in the background and just complaining to each other, right? They're going to be the person that comes to your office and says, hey, this is not right, okay? So lots of times leaders will look at that person as the troublemaker, 
right? They're just pushing my buttons. When in reality, they're coming to you from a place of passion, okay? That in, uh, contagious enthusiasm and controlled fury. It might look different, but you really want to see, is this a passion, okay? And catalysts also think things that other people don't think. They tend to be very creative, okay? Um, they think outside the box. But that also means that they tend to like to rewrite the rules, okay? Um, so you've got to be aware of this, especially if you are a more, um, you know, go-by-the-book kind of person. This type of personality might kind of set you off a little bit. Uh, these people you need to lead well. And, and what I mean by that is let them be creative because they're going to bring to you not only solutions to problems you know of, they're going to bring to you the problems that you are not even aware of. Okay? And then the fourth characteristic is that they're very influential. Um, they're able to lead their teammates in a, in a way that nobody else can, okay? Now, they might not be in a leadership position when they do that, but they are considered a subject matter expert. So, for example, um, when I was an administrator, I had a teacher that was um, amazing working with families. She just had a way about her, um, and it was Honestly, I loved to watch her talking with families because I could tell that she was genuine and she was authentic and she really cared, and it was almost like an art what she did. Um, and I don't think she was even fully aware of how, how she handled those situations. But she was very influential on our team because we had a young team, and they many of them were not parents themselves. And so to see her interact, um, number one, they were just amazed. But number two, whenever it came time to having maybe what was a, a difficult conversation with a family, uh, they had to go and consult this person first. And she had a way, even though she wasn't necessarily their leader, she definitely had influence on them and also on our, our whole school. Okay? These are your catalysts. All right, now let's talk about another important team member, which is the weak link. Okay, you don't necessarily have to get rid of a weak link. I'm going to share a few things with you here, and I'm going to tell you about how you might be able to kind of raise up a weak link. Um, but I, I don't want you to just automatically assume anybody you put in that column of weak link is going to be fired. Okay, let's not start there. All right, so first of all, a weak link will eventually come to light. They can't hide, okay? It's usually when they come out in the open, it happens in a major way with tough results, okay? So it, it really showcases their weakness in ability or skill. Okay, so for example... Uh, somebody might be new, and you just automatically assume they're in a new position. They've never done this before. We know we're going to have to kind of mentor and raise them up, right? So they're a weak link in the fact that they don't know enough yet, right? 
But you can also have somebody who is weak in their character or attitude or, like we talked before, their ego, and they can be considered non-coachable. This is that dangerous player we were talking about, okay? So when you're going through your weak link, you need to ask yourself, why am I labeling them a weak link? Is it because they have something, an area that they need to grow in, or are they non-coachable? Because we can help grow anybody who wants to grow, but if somebody has positioned themselves in a way that they're non-coachable, now we're going to have a problem, okay? Um I'll just share, you know, briefly, I know I've shared this a, a few times before, but I had a um, an employee before that was very non-coachable. She was also weak in skill, but she didn't realize it, um, and she had a huge ego, even so much that she was trying to kind of get my job, even though she couldn't do her own. And she had a really big impact on um, some things that happened in our school, um, not only in programming and, and serving families, but also um, there was an incident that um, basically we were written up, um, and that was kind of a big deal for us. And eventually she w- had to be let go because she literally could not grow. So this was a weak link that was taking everybody else down, Okay. So let me share a a few things, kind of the impact of a weak link. What what happens over time? Um, So first of all, the stronger members will automatically identify the weak link, okay, because they can't hide, right? So if you really want a better understanding, especially if you have a large staff, maybe you have um, a leadership team, and then you have, you know, maybe your your managers, and then you have, you know, the people under them. If you don't have a connection to every single person on your team because it's so large, make sure that you are talking to your catalysts and your stronger members because they're going to help you identify the weak links, okay? Now, you just want to gather information. You don't ever want to make a decision based on something that somebody else tells you. You want to gather some information, Now, the second thing, the impact of a weak link, is that strong members have to help the weaker ones. So we know this, right? When you bring a new staff member on, um, there should be some sort of mentorship for that new staff person. Even if it's not, hey, this is how you do your job, it should be something related to, hey, this is kind of the culture of who we are. This is how we do things here, right? So mentorship, really, of the weak link helps to make the team better. So you can look at this and automatically know when this new hire comes on, they're going to be a weak link for a certain amount of time. When somebody transfers into a new position, or better yet, when somebody comes into a position that has never been created before, it's a brand new position, and they're trying to kind of create it as they do it, that person for some time is going to be considered a weak link for the team and until they kind of come into their own, okay? So you can know this and plan for this. So don't look at that as a bad thing. Um, that's just reality, right? 
However, um, if there's not the appropriate kind of mentorship and raising up, or if that person is not coachable, what happens is that the strong team members come to resent the weak links. Now think about that. Um, if, if you're not seeing results or changes from the mentorship that's happening, you're going to have unhappy catalysts. They will start coming to you. They will start telling you we have a problem. Okay? You're going to start to hear from people that things are not going well. So at this point, you need to check in not only with your catalyst and say what's going on, you need to check in with your weak links and say, tell me what's going on from your perspective. Okay? Also, if you feel like the catalysts are having to step in and do things for the, the weak links, it's okay in the beginning if you're doing it in such a way that the catalyst is modeling something. However, over time, if they're continuing to do the work for the other person, this is going to be a problem. Okay? Uh, I was just talking to somebody this week talking more about um, job crafting and looking at um, it was in a classroom type experience where there's a lead teacher and an assistant teacher. And typically what happens for those of you who are not in education is that you have a job description for um, each of those roles. And most of the time what happens is that with that lead teacher role, they have more of a uh, an emphasis on things like the paperwork that needs to be done, right? Uh, lots of tasks that need to be done. And uh, based on the personality profiles of the two teachers, it seems like the lead teacher is more people-oriented, so much better with um, children and interactions um, with families. And the assistant teacher may be better with the tasks, so the paperwork side of things. So rather than looking at the job description and saying you must do this and you must do that, we're, we're really looking at how can we make sure that the strengths and passions for both people uh, fulfill the requirements for that classroom, okay? Because what has happened over time is that the um, assistant teacher, who is actually a catalyst, she's been there a lot longer, um, has been taking over for the lead teacher, and she's starting to resent that role. So if we can come in and just have a conversation about, okay, let's talk about, let's say there's, you know, 20 things that need to be done to make this classroom run well, who's going to do which part, okay? And then another impact is that strong members over time become less effective. Okay, because carrying somebody else's load in addition to your own really compromises your performance. Okay, uh, when this happens and there's not a lot of support, so let's say a catalyst comes to you and says, oh, my gosh, this is what's happening, and you don't step in and help out, over time that person is going to be not only resentful of that, that weaker member, but gonna, you're going to lose respect in their eyes. Okay, um, and ultimately, if it's left, that catalyst is going to find a position somewhere else. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but people don't leave their jobs. They leave their bosses. 
So when this assistant teacher is coming and talking to the to the supervisor and saying, hey, you know, this is a problem, and you don't step in, and it stays a problem for a really long time, that assistant teacher is going to find another place, okay? You do not want to start losing your catalyst. Then you lose momentum and things fall apart, okay? And then eventually strong members will question the leader's ability to lead, right? You're going to lose respect uh, because you didn't properly deal with the weak links, okay? So again, weak links, there's two, two different kinds. There's one that just needs to grow and one that won't grow because they, they've made a decision not to, okay? So you can always help a person who wants to grow. If a person is setting themselves up and they are not coachable, you're eventually going to have to come to that conversation of, you know, do you want to keep your job, okay? All right, so I told you I'd give you some questions so that you could properly identify uh, which category your team members are in. So first of all, if you don't know, don't feel pressured or forced into putting them into one category or the other. Um, really think about this for a while. Like there's going to be some people who pop into your head and you immediately know which category, okay? Then there's going to be other people that you don't really know because maybe you don't know them well enough to make that decision, okay? That's okay. You can keep this list and come back to it later. Um, and really, this is only for awareness and understanding so that it can guide you in how you deal with them, okay? So this isn't meant to, you know, put people in a box and say this is who you are. This is for understanding, okay? All right, so here's the six questions. And if you want them, um, just email me. Again, my email is growbyone, that's the number one, at gmail.com. Um, I'm having some issues with our platform uh, uploading the links, the recording links. So I don't know that I'm going to have the recording for you today. That's why I say if you want these six questions, just email me and I'll send them to you. Okay, so the first one is, um, if, if you're asking yourself about these members, do they have trouble keeping pace with other team members? Do they have trouble keeping pace? Um, are they growing in their area of responsibility? So with whatever's on their plate, are they growing? Do they have a hard time seeing the big picture? So like if they come and complain to you, are they just complaining about their own situation, or do they see the whole picture? Uh, do they have difficulty seeing their own personal weaknesses? So that goes back to that kind of coachability. Do they have a tough time working with the rest of the team? And then the last one is, do they consistently fail to fulfill expectations in their areas of responsibility? So that one and the previous responsibility question are a little bit differently. So the one is, are they growing in their area of responsibility? Um, and the other is, do they consistently fail to fulfill expectations? Okay? So if they answer, you know, if you answer yes to any one of those, you know, there's an area for growth. If you can say, you know, 
oh, yes, uh, all these, the answers to all of these are no, then that person is probably a catalyst. If you say yes to all of those for whomever you're doing this on, that person is definitely a weak link, and you need to identify them and try to figure out what you're going to do with them. Okay? Whew, that was a lot today. <laughs> so uh, please email me. I would love to hear your questions, your thoughts, your feedback, um, especially after you do this assessment. Like, what did you find out about your team? Um, so next week, our title is Only Babies Grow Without Intention, Making the Most of Your Time. So how can you be intentional in your growth? Okay? Um, so I want to throw this out there. I know many of you received my email, um, and I did not put the times for the Monday morning call on that email. So if you're also going to be doing the Monday morning Confident Coaches call, same dial-in information, same time, 8 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., um, Eastern Standard Time. So um, be sure to, to join us on that as well. Um, and then for those of you who don't know about it yet, our Grow by One University is up and running. Uh, visit our website at growbyone.com. There will be a little um, header at the top that says GB1U. Um, I encourage you just to go in there, try a seven-day free trial. Uh, you don't have to sign up for one of the memberships to get in. Um, check it out. We are building it as we speak. So, uh, you know, way more calls are going to come in here in the next month or so. Really excited about that. All right. So email me at any time. Thank you so much for being on the call this morning. I know for many of you um, it was kind of a sacrifice to be here. So thank you. And I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential powerfully productive, and empowering and engaging the people you serve. So with that, I release you into the wild. Uh, go forth and prosper, and have an amazing Friday. Chat with you soon. Bye-bye.